Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hi there, welcome to episode number 98 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Christy Lee here, your host. How are you today? We are heading headfirst into 2022, aren't we? It's an interesting time, it's an exciting time, it's a stressful time, there's a lot going on. It feels like a lot right now, doesn't it? So I hope you're doing well and uh, thanks for joining me here on this week's episode of the podcast. If you are a brand new listener to this podcast in 2022, I want to take the opportunity to welcome you. It is fabulous to have you here. My name is Christy Lee. I'm the host of the podcast. I've been working with uh, small businesses particularly for the last ooh, well more than 10 years now. I've been working in the HR space for 20 years And what I love doing is supporting businesses who employ staff, but who aren't necessarily large enough to want or need an internal HR manager with everything to do with the people in their business. And uh, on this podcast, we chat about all things people and business. We talk about some HR stuff, but we also talk about generally uh, managing and leading our teams, how to be great business owners and leaders, even when sometimes we don't really feel like we want to. And we share warts and all stories and experiences. So if you are new, welcome. It's great to have you here. And to our returning listeners, thank you so much. I do truly appreciate you joining us here on the podcast each and every week. And whilst on that note, if you are so inclined, if you're enjoying the podcast, I would truly appreciate it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a rating or review. It does help immensely in terms of other people knowing that this is the kind of podcast they might be interested in. So I appreciate it if you take just a moment to do that. Now let's dive into today's episode and we are at episode 98. Wowzers, that's a lot, isn't it? Heading to our 100th episode, which will be an exciting celebration. Today though, I wanted to chat about something that we actually haven't covered at all in the 98 episodes of the People Powered Business Podcast, which feels kind of weird. But this is something we haven't ever discussed. Today, we are talking about the curse of counter offers. Now, if that's a term that's not particularly familiar to you, a counter offer, really simply, is when an employee who has or is looking to resign from their position gets counter offered, so gets an offer to try and entice them to stay with their employer. And you may see this on two sides of the coin. You may see this happen where um, you have an employee who comes to you to resign and you look to make a counter offer to them to try and entice them to stay. And you may also see it on the other side of the coin where you have an employee you are wanting to hire and they receive a counter offer from their current employer trying to encourage them to stay with them and not come over to you. And the reason I thought it would be a timely discussion to have is we spoke a lot last year in the podcast about the concept of the great resignation. Now, whether the current Omicron outbreak of COVID-19 is going to impact that, 
To be honest, I think it will to an extent. I think it might delay our great resignation plans that everyone was really looking at. But I do think definitely, I mean, we know January, February is always a high time for change with employees and businesses and for growth. And I do think we will at some point this year really start to see the impact of that trend that they're calling the great resignation, which purely means that more people are looking to change jobs, change careers, reassess what uh, work looks like for them. And ultimately that is going to mean we are going to be hiring and we might be dealing with resignations. So I did really feel like it was a timely uh, time to have this particular discussion around counter offers because many of you may be considering making counter offers so that you don't lose team members. And you might also be dealing with other employers making counter offers to applicants and candidates you are trying to hire and bring into your business. And here's the thing with counter offers. The reason that we're calling this episode the curse of counter offers is they are a little bit dangerous, in my opinion. And so today we're going to talk about what's the motivation behind an employee considering a counteroffer or accepting a counteroffer, what some of the ripple effects can be when we either extend a counteroffer or we're dealing with a counteroffer situation, and that really is when we're looking to make a counteroffer to our team member who's looking to leave, and really looking at understanding what we are gaining, what's our motivation in considering this whole counteroffer thing. Because we don't want to lose people, obviously. We don't want to lose great people. But sometimes making a counteroffer is actually counterintuitive in that we're not getting what we think we're getting out of it. And so I think it's an important thing to unpack. So let's start by looking at when someone is presented with a counteroffer and is therefore then considering said counteroffer, what is their motivation? So right now we're looking at the motivation of the employee who is um, looking at considering a counteroffer and really also looking at the motivation of the employer who's extending the counteroffer. So most often when we're dealing with a counteroffer, we're talking about throwing money at a problem. A counteroffer is typically a salary-based offer, most often. But that doesn't always have to be the case. And this is where I want to start getting you thinking about if you were going to extend a counteroffer, what could it potentially look like? Because let's think about motivation for just a moment. When an employee chooses to leave a job, what percentage of people do you think actually are leaving a job because of money? It is really, really low. The main reason people leave jobs is absolutely nothing to do with salary. Sure, there is a very small percentage where that factors in. In fact, at the time of recording just today, I got an email from an applicant. I was querying his motivation and his number one reason, he had three reasons, but his, the first one he listed was that he doesn't feel he's being fairly remunerated for the position that he's currently holding. So it does happen, but by and large, it is not the number one motivator. And in fact, even though this applicant wrote that reason first, in reading his two other reasons for wanting to leave his current position, I think they are actually far more emotive and motivating him, but the salary one feels easy to say. It feels like a no-brainer. But underlying that, there are always other reasons. Because the reality is, if someone is looking to leave purely based on money, would they have simply started applying for other work or would they have come to you or come to their other employer at some stage and said, I really love working here, but I feel like I'm not being 
fairly paid or I feel like I deserve a pay rise. If they truly loved working at your business or at the other business and salary was really the main motivator to them looking to leave, they would have first had a conversation to see whether there was an opportunity to stay and to have their salary increased. And if you've got an employee leaving you and they haven't had that discussion with you, then any amount of money you want to throw at them is purely a band-aid solution because it's not their real reason for leaving. And I think that is really important to understand because how much money can you continue to throw at a problem? All you're doing is band-aiding it. And the thing is, when you throw money at a problem, particularly an employee-related problem, you're outpricing the role in the market and you end up in just a massive hole of problems when it comes to how much you're paying people. So if money isn't the motivation for leaving, can we really expect a counteroffer that is financially based to solve the problem? Of course we can't, but that's what we re- that's what we resort to when we encounter off a land. We just think, oh, we'll just throw more money at it and it'll make the problem better. It is not going to happen. So before you even consider looking at it, making a counteroffer, you really need to understand why that employee has got to this stage. And is it just about money? I guarantee you it's not. Even if the other role's paying better, it's not the key motivator. Now, when you understand what actually motivates someone to make the move and then to consider a counteroffer, is there something different that you could offer that is actually a stronger counteroffer? And I think this is where there is gold in making counteroffers. So typically we have an employee who comes to us to resign and our immediate, particularly if it's one of our top performers, our superstars, our favorite employees, our immediate response is, oh my God, our, our stomach just drops. We break out in sweats. We're stressed. We're overwhelmed. Oh my God, what are we going to do without them? How can I get them to stay? It's just human nature that we, we go there in our minds. And whilst it is quite limiting belief thinking to just go to there, it is normal <laughs> and it's okay if that's what we do. But before you straight away go to how, how much more do I need to give you to get you to stay, I would have a really honest conversation with that employee and say, look, I'm really sorry that it's come to the point where you felt you needed to resign. Can we have a chat about what led you to there and what you're actually unhappy with here? And really understand it because if they are saying that they're not challenged in the role that they're not enjoying the work they're doing and you can't really offer them any other kind of work or any more challenge, then there is zero point throwing money at them in a counteroffer because they will not stay long-term. On the flip side, if what they say is, I just need the flexibility, I've got my child starting primary school and being able to work school hours is really valuable to me and this role offers me that, And perhaps you hadn't made it clear that you could be flexible. Perhaps they didn't feel comfortable to ask you. That is worth considering a counteroffer on. If if honestly you could make that work and that wouldn't be a problem, I would ask them and just say, look, I didn't realize that that was so important to you. We could absolutely make that work for you. I'm sorry you didn't feel comfortable to come and ask me about that. If we could make that work for you, would that change how you feel about taking this other job? Would that change your mind about your desire to take this other job? And before you go putting any other plans in place, ask them directly. Because if, if, if they've told you that's the main reason and yet they're still saying, oh, no, I think we're going to take the other job, they're not telling you the truth. <laughs> that's the fundamentals. 
But that's the kind of counteroffer that can be worth making. But purely throwing money to try and get someone to stay is not the answer. And here's why. There is ultimately a ripple effect when we start to do that. Because what message does that send to the rest of our team? What happens the next time this person isn't happy at work? Are they going to throw a tantrum, jump up and down, threaten to leave until you give them more money? How many times can you keep giving them more money? Because you haven't fixed the actual problem. You've fixed, you've put a Band-Aid solution on it. And then, of course, the rest of the team, you know, the Chinese whispers, the rooms go around, people find out that, oh, they got offered a bit more money to stay. What message does that send? Oh, maybe I'll try that trick on. And before you know it, you're constantly dealing with people at your door wanting more money and threatening to leave. It's, it's a terrible cultural move in that perspective. And don't forget your team are watching your every move. They will see what's happening here. Even if they don't know the nuance and the detail, they'll find out enough to know what's going on here. So if you are going to extend a counteroffer, you need to be really, really deliberate and intentional about why you would want to do that what you are gaining from doing that and how you can, if you needed to, have an open conversation with another team member about about that scenario. So you really do need to think about, as I said earlier, what you're gaining from this. Are you doing this out of desire to keep a great person and to truly come up with a win-win solution? Or are you doing this out of desperation (laughs) because you just can't afford to lose this person at all or right now? And where you're coming from will determine what you really should do next. And if you're doing this purely out of desperation, a counteroffer is not going to solve this problem for you. But if you are doing this truly out of desire, because this person is so valuable and you love having them as part of the team and they're a great fit and they're excellent at their job and you can make something work for them, then that's a different scenario and definitely worth exploring. I think importantly as well, we need to look at the stats here. What percentage of people that accept a counteroffer actually stay long-term? We think it is. About 46% don't make it through the next 12 months with a business. So about 4% are gone within three months. 21% or more are gone within the next few months. And a very small percentage stick it out for well more than a year. It's less than 30% overall. So... 46% don't make it through a year. So all you're doing is maybe buying yourself time and also possibly annoying the rest of your team on the way through. And this is where that desire versus desperation really comes into it. Because if you're making a genuine counter offer out of desire, then you will come up with a win-win solution and they're going to be the people that you're going to be able to retain long-term. But if you're doing it out of desperation and if you're throwing money at a problem that isn't money-driven, no matter what someone's telling you that isn't money-driven, you are all you're doing is buying yourself a few months and the damage you do to the rest of your team in the meantime might be irreversible because trust is a factor here. So what happens when we look at counter-offers is there is an erosion of trust in the employment relationship. You start to lose trust in the employee because they didn't come to you first, because they got all the way through an application process, maybe many application processes. They don't usually get the first job they go for. Um, And then came to you and then you've made a counteroffer and then they've accepted it. There's an erosion of trust there. There's also an erosion of trust with the rest of the team who see this unfold and think, hmm, is this how we're going to play the game? 
and it, it really it really has a bad impact on the team. So you really need to consider all of that in determining whether you're going to make a counteroffer. So you're really looking at what you're gaining versus what you're losing in making the counteroffer. And really, are you just putting a Band-Aid on a problem, which is most often what you're doing? But what about when the situation is reversed and you are hiring, you've interviewed a great applicant, you are excited to extend them an offer, they accept your offer, they go away to resign and they come back and let you know their current employer has made them a counter offer, a bigger offer, a better offer, whatever it is. Now, here's what I do with applicants and I have faced this many, many times when I was recruiting for other businesses. Uh, Early on in my consulting career, that was one of my key focuses was a recruitment focus and so we dealt with counter offers all the time. And as the middleman, the recruiter, we get the honest truth and we sit in the middle and really get to understand things. And here's the trick. When this happens, don't immediately get into a bidding war. That is the worst thing you can do. Don't immediately get your back up, get frustrated, get angry, throw your hands up in the air. That again is not going to bode well if you want to actually get this person on your team. But what you should do is get really curious and get into a really good conversation with the person. So that might start by looking a little like, thanks so much for being so honest and letting me know. How did you feel when they made that counteroffer to you? Or how are you feeling about both the offers you have on the table right now, the one to join us and the one to stay with your current employer? And this is where having done some really excellent interviewing comes in handy. One of the things I ask every applicant that I ever interview, and I encourage you to ask every applicant as well, is why are you looking to leave your current position? Now, look, I ask that for every job they've ever had because I'm looking for patterns of behavior. But in, in relation to their current role, of course, what we are looking at is motivation. Why are they truly looking to leave their current role? And when you're at interview stage, I dig a little deeper here. I don't just take it on face value. I get really curious and I dig a little deeper to find out not just the lip service reasons that they're giving me, but what are the real reasons? And this gets down to asking them about their current team, the current culture, what they love most, what they hate most about their current role. It's not a one question thing. I'm forming a holistic picture about why this person is not currently happy in their current position. And, you know, this helps me choose you know, or understand as well why they may be happy coming across to my business or my client's business, but you get really curious. And that intel is gold to you right now when you're dealing with this situation because you circle back. You say, look, when we, when we chatted at our interview, you were really honest with me and you told me that, um, of course, money's great and we all, you know, want to earn as much as we can. But you told me the real reason that you were looking to leave your current role is that you weren't feeling challenged. You saw no room for progression and there was going to be no opportunity for you to step into that leadership role that you really desire. Have they fixed that up for you in this counteroffer? Have they given you that leadership opportunity you were looking for? Just seeding those things gets the cogs turning in the applicant's mind because they do get blindsided by money, of course. It's pretty natural that we all get blindsided by money when it comes to salary negotiations. So they get blindsided by, oh, they're throwing $5,000, $10,000 at me uh, per annum. They're throwing a bonus at me. They're you know giving me these things. They really want me to stay. 
but that's not what they're doing. They don't really want you to stay. They really want to just fix a problem right now, but they're not fixing what is the real problem for you. And that doesn't mean you force them into a decision right there on the phone or in the discussion. You're seeding their real reasons for wanting to change and the real reasons that they're not happy where they are currently because it wasn't about money. And I just seed all of those things that we discussed and I'd ask the question, did they manage to re- resolve that for you in this discussion? Are they able to give you those things you were looking for? And they might say yes or no, or oh, I don't really know what that's going to look like. And then I give them space and time. So you see all of those things and go, look, I just, you know, I want what's best for you. I wouldn't want you joining our team if it's not what you really, really want to do. That's not our culture. So you're telling them, we've got a great culture here. We only want people that really want to be here and and we want you to be here, but we want you to want to be here. (laughs) That just got very confusing very quickly. But you want to see those things and then give them some space and say, look, we want, you know, we would love to have you join the team, but we want you to want that as well. I just, you know, at, at a personal level, so just get, you know, on a personal level, I just really encourage you to go away and really think about the things that were really uh, leading you to apply for other positions here and elsewhere and really consider how important those are to you. We can offer you those things. Are they being offered to you there? And if not, maybe that little extra salary is actually not going to keep you happy long term. And, and let's face it, we want to be happy when we're at work. Now that might sound a little bit psychobabble, But just think about it. If you've got someone that's dealing with that counteroffer, someone you just had over the line that accepted the offer, and you do really want them on your team, make sure they think through this before they accept any counteroffers. And give them some space and say, look, you know, obviously I've got to get back to other applicants, but we really would love to hear back from you first. Do you think you could let me know in 24 hours or in 48 hours or whatever you feel is reasonable under the circumstances? Now, to some of you, you may think, oh, no way, you know, I'm not going to get into that negotiation. If they don't want to work here, I'm not not having a bar of it. And I get that. And that may be totally okay too, especially if you've got five excellent other applicants waiting in line for the job that you were also really happy with an interview. But the reality we're going to be facing in 2022 and beyond is that for many of you, you're not going to have five excellent applicants lining up out the door. You may have had one or two that were great, and you may have only had one that you desperately wanted to hire that was so great for the role. So being able to navigate these circumstances is going to be really important to you being able to get that talent into your business. So counteroffers, that situation where someone, either your employee has come to you and said, I've been offered another position, and you're in a situation where you need to think about whether or not to make a counteroffer, or if someone you're trying to hire is presented with a counteroffer from their current employer, I want you to firstly think about what is their motivation? Why were they looking for another role to begin with? What are they getting out of the other role that they're not getting with you or not getting with their current employer? And what is motivating them to consider the counteroffer? Don't forget about the ripple effect when it comes to your team. Any action you take around a counteroffer will be seen at some level by your team, you need to think about what impact that is going to have on the culture and the rest of your team. And if you're looking at making counteroffers to your current staff who might be resigning, just really have a good think about what you're gaining versus what you're losing. You know, you might encourage them that the grass isn't always greener on the other side and that it's greener where you water it as the saying goes and what can we do here to improve things. But you also need to consider 
the effort you're putting in that, the cost factor um, and the trust that's being eroded and are you gaining more than you're losing in having that negotiation. So I hope there's been a, a helpful overview of counteroffers. They truly are a tricky, tricky beast to manage and to, to sort of navigate through. And I think there are something that is going to become, you know, in some areas they are very common already, but it's going to become part and core of what we're dealing with in the workplace uh, in now and in the future. So I did think it was a, an important topic to cover here on the podcast, and I do hope you found it a useful discussion. Now, before I go today, I do have an invitation for you, and that is to come and join us over in our free Facebook group. So our free Facebook group is called HR Support for Australian Businesses. It's a really cool place to hang out. We do not take ourselves too seriously, but we do connect and have a chat about all things people in our businesses. So I'd love for you to join us over there. If you go over to Facebook groups and search HR Support for Australian Businesses, you will find us right there. Or simply head over to today's show notes, which you will find at peopleposeredbusiness.com, episode number 98. And I'll have the link right there in the show notes for you. That's it for me for today. Thanks so much for joining me and I'll be back again next week for episode number 99 of the podcast. 